0: What is up, guys? Welcome to Fantasy Football Intervention. Oh yeah, an exciting night last night. It was a lot of fun. It was actually on the Scott Fishbowl Potathon, the SFB Potathon. It was awesome, it was sick. Had a lot of fun. Actually donated $500 to Fantasy Cares. Fantasy Cares does a lot, a lot of great things with the community. Uh, it's a, it's a great, great organization. If you guys want to check it out, it's going to be ScottFishbowl.com slash donate scottfishbowl.com slash donate go on there guys even a dollar matters anyways because i did this episode because i did this i guess live event i wanted to share it with you guys so i'm literally just going to take it what was on youtube and throw it into this yeah get excited for that you guys get to listen to it and i was obviously a little bit nervous messed up a couple times like i think i called tim brown troy brown as one of the things and then i forgot who Irving Fryer played for. But yeah, it's all good. It's all good. It was my first time actually doing a live show with somebody where it wasn't my show and I didn't have a show sheet. So the questions that were coming up were completely random and yeah, unscripted. So, guys, have fun with this. The Scott Fishbowl Potathon.
1: Guys, as we roll into hour seven, the guy I'm going to bring on now has literally been sitting in the background for the entire show. <laughs> so I want to. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, to Chase when he comes on. Back when I was putting together the 12 hour stream in March, in late March, um, lockdowns had just started. People were really locked in their houses for about a week at that time, at least in, in New York. Um, I can't speak for I think California, Steve, as well. And I, somebody, I think I posted something on Facebook about the stream. And somebody said, you have to get my guy, FF Intervention on, Fantasy Football Intervention on, to Chase Vernon. And I was like, all right, well, we're all booked for this one. I really had never heard of Chase. I had never heard of his work. I said, but definitely tell him to hit me up. We'll try to get him on the SFP Podathon." So Chase reached out to me, and I told him he's got to get on Twitter. He came over to Twitter, and he sent me a link to his show. And I listened to his show, and I, I was really impressed with the comfortability level he had, the 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 flow that he had, the production that he had and the, the guy did his research. I, I keep on to call him kid. You know, I know he's, he's a lot younger than me. I know he's not a kid, but I was really impressed with chase. So I decided I want to reach out to him and he asked me a lot of things. and I appreciated the fact that he wanted my feedback and respected the things that I had to say. And he's just been awesome. And uh, I think he's a guy that fantasy Twitter needs to get to know. And I could tell he's excited. To be on tonight because he's been in there making sure the sound is right, making sure everything is right. But Chase, welcome to the SFB thon and this is Steve and Kevin, my co host of the Fantasy Football Funhouse. What's up, man? What is up, guys? How's it going? What's up, man? You guys man? are falling Good.
0: asleep a little bit over there, man. <laughs> it's only two no, a.m. You guys got to wake up, man. This is normally when I'm getting off work. I still got to wind down.
2: <laughs> Chase, then the... we need you here right now. Yeah, Let's you're a do it. Let's yeah, do it. Right.
0: This is good. This is good. I'm <laughs> glad you got your audio worked out. We're, you know. <laughs> Well, that- it was funny because I was listening to you guys, but I was actually on a call because we were finishing up my 15th draft uh, so far this year, even though we're just getting started. So I was still finishing that up while I was talking to you guys. So I had my audio directed towards another chat. But, you know, it's what it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I got to be honest with you. I didn't see. I didn't see your name and it's such a small little pick. I was like, I wasn't sure if you were somebody that was supposed to be coming. I called my shit. And, and then you, 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 it became funny. So I left you on that. it's
0: it's been a, it's been a fun, fun night so far. I really appreciate you guys putting this together. So it's uh it's definitely been an experience, but what I did want to do, I want to make a confession. I have not yet made a donation to the podcast yet or to the Podathon yet. I was saving it for tonight. So what I wanted to do was actually say that, you know, I started out on Twitter, obviously, what, about a month ago? I think it was May 30th. I put up that I hit 20 followers on May 30th. So <laughs> I'm up to, I think, 162 right now, which, you know, obviously is nothing compared to what you guys are dealing with. But I wanted to say for every 10 listeners I get, i'm going to donate hundred dollars towards the uh towards the pot-a-thon for every 10 listeners that i get up to uh five hundred dollars so it's ff underscore intervention guys go give me a follow let's see how many or how much money you guys can cost me towards this charity all right let's do it <laughs>
1: Listen, go go take the money out of chase's pocket right now
0: yeah uh, just what, go follow me on money. on twitter
1: Definitely, definitely want his money. So, yeah, that's awesome. I seen, I actually looked today to see what your followers are up to. And hey, yeah. listen, it, it's a lot compared to where you were.
0: <laughs> I had three back five weeks ago. <laughs>
1: but you, um, Facebook is something we don't use a lot for, for fancy football, but you got a nice, a really strong following there. You got a real good thing. Tell everybody about what you actually have going over going all over at Facebook because it's impressive, actually.
0: We we actually, so it's a group of us, and I joined the group a lot later than a lot of these guys did, but I've kind of helped them uh, put it all together from the start. It's called Fantasy Football Discussion, and we should be hitting, I believe, 19,000 followers either tonight or tomorrow. So it's uh it's been a it's been an adventure, but it's an extremely extremely interactive group. Everybody's asking questions. Uh, we keep a very tight knit, so there's not a lot of trolls on there. People that are trying to spam. You actually get legitimate fantasy advice on a regular basis. So we're actually the the guys that have put that group together have, have done an amazing job with it. But I'm just happy to have joined that team. So
1: yeah, I think what record. happens is everybody's always looking for their own little pocket where they could get the information that the other guys in the league aren't getting. Yeah. I think that that's what you guys are providing over on Facebook for us. When we started out on a fantasy life app, we had a very similar thing we got up to 15,000 people. And there was probably only about 15,000 people on that app at the time, but they were all in the falafel house chat. And on a sat on a Sunday morning we would answer questions for hours just rattling around. It was an, it was pure quantity. So I kind of, we all kind of understand exactly what you guys got going on over there. And that's why I, I really like the, the deal, but tell me about your podcast also. Well, so
0: it's called fantasy intervention. And like I said, I'm just getting started. We started it up what, eight months ago, we just hit 10,000 listens. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, what, uh, we're obviously trying to accomplish is going, doing a more analytical dive, on stuff, so we touch on DFS, we touch on dynasty, we touch on uh, standard leagues, all the above. We do five episodes a week, and then on Sunday mornings, I actually go live on fantasy football discussion and answer any starter sit questions people have, you know, injury questions, etc. So that way, we we are still interactive with people through you know Facebook, but you know, who knows? Maybe with Twitter taking off, we can uh, we can actually go live on there as well.
1: What number were you at as far as uh, followers when you came on?
0: Um, I was at 162, I believe. All right. So well, that's we're $100 we're, out.
1: <laughs> we're $100. We're all 100 <laughs> right now. You're going to be uh, Let's do it be over your tips, my friend. So Chase, hey, me. I'm going to
0: be cracking this open, too, if we have any bourbon fans. Oh, Greg, oh Greg, great, baby.
1: Money out there. Scott Fish is going to be upset that he's sleeping right now.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, he might be even more mad if he was awake and watched me take a sip of this. So, you know,
2: <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: no, it, it, it's not expensive or anything. It's just hard to get in that area that I'm from. So
1: yeah, it's fun. One of the things I told you when we, when you and I had started to talk was to try and get into the Scott fish bowl and, um, and you did, which was awesome. Get
0: yeah, that was really cool event. for me.
1: So I, I don't know if you know what to even expect yet. I, I don't know. Um, I know you play in a lot of leagues. I don't know the variants of those leagues and, and scoring differences that do you have a lot of experience with um with super flex with uh tight end premium scoring and stuff of that nature
0: yeah um, we have yeah yeah that's we have leagues all over the place um i'm in a lot of different leagues like i said i did my 15th draft today um of which our entry fees are at least 50 dollars or more so you know i've I have plenty of experience with that. It's all the way from dynasty to best ball to, well, actually I only have two best ball leagues this year, just because that draft app went down, but uh, we cover all those last year. I was in a total of 22 leagues, which had, you know, all different variances in scoring as well. So it's really important to know your are scoring. And that's the biggest thing off the bat. Like, When people are talking about drafting like these one-on-ones, you know, and talking about Christian McCaffrey over Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, it's so so important to realize, you know, your scoring advantages when it comes to other players. So, you know, Lamar Jackson for me, dude, man, that that guy's going to be a bust this year. I mean, he only broke three tackles last year. I'm just kidding. Nobody could catch him. That's the whole thing. Like he's not taking big kids. So. If he's not breaking tackles because he's not getting hit, uh, you know, typically like RG3, for example, is getting hit constantly, constantly, constantly in his in his legs, by the way. So guys like guys like Lamar Jackson, although he is a running quarterback, he's not getting hit in the same ways that a lot of these other mobile quarterbacks have been getting hit. And if you sit there and you look at the total points scored throughout the season, Lamar Jackson is getting you QB, like like the 101 numbers for the QB position. Along with a QB 25 value. So it's like you're getting a quarterback and a half essentially when it comes to the value that you're drafting with Lamar Jackson. So you don't have to worry about drafting a quarterback until super, super late if that's the case, even though the scoring system, I mean, I don't even know if you have to draft two quarterbacks because you can still get it with the other positions. So when you knock out Lamar Jackson extremely, extremely early, it's like you're already making up for drafting another quarterback in the fourth or fifth or even sixth round. If you can get there. So when you know, when you have to sit there and realize how the scoring works, it's, it's extremely important to the variances throughout your leagues.
2: So you know, fantasy football year to year, there's so much fluctuation and things that can change. If you had to pick somebody that could be the Lamar Jackson, you know, the Patrick Mahomes of the last two years, who would be that quarterback that you would bank on being that guy this year is if there is one. when it comes to like grabbing values, I think that
0: if we're talking about normal leagues, I'm going to go Matt Stafford right off the bat. I just think that uh, with Daryl Bevel coming in, the offensive coordinator who helped Russell Wilson achieve, I believe in, average, or maybe it was 7.9 average for the adjusted yards per attempt. Uh, Matt Stafford's only seen that one time, I believe prior to him coming in. And then last year he, he beats his, I believe career for adjusted yards per attempt. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I mean, if Daryl Bevel can get that average out of Russell Wilson with a terrible offensive line, you could see Matt Stafford when they pretty much loaded up on the offensive line position this past year in the draft and in free agency, Matt Stafford can get up there this season. Um, especially with the whole COVID thing going on as well. So, uh, you know, with, with receivers, they are they are at a tremendous advantage when it comes to uh, the wide receiver position as a whole and getting big time plays because the defense doesn't have time to practice and get on the same page, especially with zone defenses. Like, where's my so I have, uh, let's see, three. Uh, three teams that had over 300, uh, passing or averaged over 300 passing yards per game back in 2011, when the whole lockout thing happened, I'm sorry, four teams, there were three teams that had over 30 points per game in 2011. This past year, there was only one team that had more than 300 passing yards, which was Tampa Bay. And then Baltimore was the only team that had over 30 points per game. So we only have one in each one of those. Meanwhile, we had three and four back in 2011. So you can obviously see there's, oh, there's a spike. I mean, we're in a pass-happy league now. There are rules that pretty much make it impossible to touch the quarterback, impossible to touch the receivers while the ball's in the air. So you're going to automatically think that you're going to have better wide receiver production, but yet back in 2011 when big hits were a thing, right, there, there was still more production in the passing game and was scoring at that point in time. So
2: all right well you just mentioned one of the teams and i don't think that we've talked about him at all this you know tonight and chris godwin on if you spent some time on fantasy football twitter recently you know he is one of the one of the darlings there but it makes me feel like everybody's forgetting about mike evans like he's not a good wide receiver and like he's not there and i know tom brady coming in they think that you know he can't throw the ball to the outside Do you think Mike Evans is getting kind of disrespected or is Chris Godwin really that good where he is going to take over as that wide receiver one on that team or, and is Mike Evans now become a better value on that offense?
0: Um, Mike Evans might've become a better value overall, but Mike Evans is so hit or miss. I don't like touching him when it comes to drafting wide receivers uh, early, essentially. (laughs) I see you. I see. <laughs> um, when it comes to drafting <laughs> wide receivers early, I, I don't like playing with the volatility. Like, for example, like Tyreek Hill had 50% of his games this past year and 50% of his games when he was the wide receiver, one outside of double digit fantasy points, I believe. So I don't like touching those wide receivers. I don't want to take a guess on when they're going to produce and when they're not going to produce. Uh, there was no math behind when Tyreek Hill produced, he was doing it against bad teams and against good teams. Just like how he wasn't getting, you know, over double digit fantasy points against bad teams or good teams. So with Mike Evans, I just don't like his volatility. I'm not a fan of his volatility. I want to see constant production if I'm going after a wide receiver in
2: the first seven rounds or so. Now, my follow up to that, I guess, would be with a new quarterback in town what is your argument that Mike Evans will not be volatile going forward? And why would that not apply to Chris Godwin as well? Why would, why is Chris Godwin who's going earlier, at least in this, in the SFB mocks is going earlier than Mike Evans. And you know, why wouldn't both why wouldn't that apply to both of those wide receivers? So I love this thought,
0: right? Because we already know like, Tom Brady loves, loves his slot guys, right? It's proven, you know, history of him loving slot guys. And his slot guys athletically don't even touch what Chris Godwin, you know, is is physically gifted with. I mean, this could be one of the best slot receivers we might see of all time. And now you're going to a quarterback who probably loves slot receivers more than any other quarterback of all time. I mean, Tom Brady has taken his shots with Randy Moss, right? He's taken his shots last year with Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon. Right? He's even taking his shots with Philip Dorsett down the field, although obviously that didn't you know, produce any kind of, I guess, positive, uh, uh, positive plays. But with Chris Godwin underneath, it, I feel like it's almost like a guarantee, like a, just a, a stamp on production, at least for now. Like I, I, just, I love Chris Godwin and the, the fact of Tom Brady loving the slot receiver. Even if they end up going to two tight end sets, they're still going to be sliding, you know, Chris Godwin all around the formation. I love that. Love it.
1: Absolutely love it. So it sounds like you're you're really pushing for the late wide receivers, though. I mean, you talk oh, yeah. about the seventh, seventh round and after who, are, who would be your targets then? I mean, in that later, later, later rounds that Whew. you're looking at.
0: Okay, so Jamison Crowder would be a great guy to add in the slot. Obviously, he had chemistry with Sam Darnold. We have a brand new offensive line coming in. That offensive line has been, I mean, it's been horrific, but they have a brand new set of guys coming in. I think four out of the five guys are going to be starters, if not all five are going to be brand new starters. So for Sam Darnold, who already showed that he liked Jamison Crowder, if he can be getting the quick releases off to Jamison Crowder in the slot, you're going to see production and you're going to see a lot of first downs come out of, it. you know, Le'Veon Bell isn't what he used to be. And obviously the jets don't trust him wholeheartedly. So if they can do a play action, bootleg or whatever the case is, you're talking about, you know, needing four or five yards, they're going to go to either Chris Hernan or Jamison Crowder over and over and over again. And even in the red zone, which you wouldn't think Jamison Crowder would be that productive we've seen him be productive with Sam Darnold on the field. So um, when it comes to, I don't know if let's pick another guy out. I really, really like when it comes to wide receivers. Oh man. So Henry Ruggs, I'm not a fan of him up until like the other day. Right. I, I was not a fan at all whatsoever. <laughs> I thought that it could have been like the worst pick of the NFL draft outside of the Falcons selecting um, what's his name Diggs, I believe, over Ceedee Lamb. So I went back and I looked at it because I was thinking that Brian Edwards was going to be the primary target uh, for for Derek Carr being a bigger, safer, you know, go-to guy. And I really, really like Derek Carr, by the way. So I need to address that here in a second, Sal. Um, but <laughs> uh, with with Henry Ruggs like it's the perfect fit for John Gruden's system. Right. Like we look back at his time with the Raiders. Was it Troy Brown was the guy in the, that was uh, doing all the production with him at that time. And then we look back at his time with the jets or wait. Was it, the, was it Tampa Bay? Irvin Fryer, wherever Irvin Fryer was, I got to get my notes. I don't have them right in front
1: Irvin of me. And the Patriots.
0: There was another team. Anyways, it was a, it was a team that he was running for. I don't have the notes in front of me, but every single wide receiver that we looked at across the board, when it came to John Grun's system, was either five eleven or six foot. I think one was like six one when it came to primary targets outside of Keyshawn Johnson. So when we look at his primary X receiver, he loves his primary X receiver, but his X receiver has always been like these quicker, you know, faster guys who will end up you know, getting open in those areas because honestly, John Gruden wants to play it safe. He wants to play off the run game. So I'm hoping that's what happens with Henry Ruggs. And I'm, I'm starting to throw my, my eggs in the basket right around the late first round for Dynasty Leagues. And honestly, for the Scott Fishbowl, it's either go big or go home. So I have a lot of people that are ultra competitive, that know their shit. And unless I take a few shots on guys like Henry Ruggs, you know, I don't think it's going to end up working out for me, so I'd rather go big or go home.
1: Yeah, in order so you to mention a Scott Fishbowl, you're going to need to do that. You're going to need to get these guys that are going to hit. You get them around earlier, around a, round or a round or two earlier than the ADP is showing, and that's what makes you pop in leagues like this. It's um, 2018 was my best finish in a Scott Fishbowl. I was in the semifinals, and if not for Aaron Jones and James Connor both getting hurt the week before the final, the week, the week before that semifinal. <laughs> I would have been in the finals that year. But Aaron Jones was a guy who was not going altogether that high because of the suspension that year. And I took him two rounds ahead of his ADP. And when he came back, he carried my team. Uh, Connor was a guy, I took Le'Veon Bell in the first round and he never played. But I got Connor. I reached for him a little bit higher than his ADP to back that up. And he carried my team that year. So, yeah. You got to leap for guys that you think could make a difference around the two earlier in a tournament that houses 1400 plus people.
0: No, absolutely. 100%. I mean, it, like you said, I think you said it back earlier in the episode, you just got to get lucky. Maybe it was Scott. It was one of you guys said, you know, you're going to have to get lucky. There's a huge aspect of luck that comes into this. And it, you know, I think those late round wide receivers are how you're going to achieve that, I guess, extra angle of luck. Meanwhile, you solidify in the first five you know, maybe six rounds on tight end, on quarterback, on running back. If you just can solidify those positions and take all your shots later on, dude, I'm, I'm loving taking later shots on wide receivers. I love my Andy Isabella's man. Like that's, that's, that's <laughs> where I'm going to
2: in a later so round. So who are the- who are the guys in the earlier rounds that then you would consider solidifying that? Because, you know, you always run into those guys where you draft them early and you feel like, OK, well, Devonte Adams is my guy this year. Like I, that's who I'm going to take. And we know football. It doesn't always work out that way. So who are your guys that you feel most confident in that you're wanting to get in those in those earlier rounds? Maybe not the first because you can, you know, those guys are more you can trust them a little bit more. But maybe your second, third round, who are your guys that you're looking to solidify your lineup? So funny story. We're we're talking about being safe, and maybe it's just me,
0: but I think that Todd Gurley is is going way, way, way too late. I mean, he still did an okay producing, you know, last year did okay with production last year, but he's going to a Falcons team that has a way better passing offense and a way better offensive line. By the way, should be healthy this upcoming year than what the Rams were last year. You know, forget McVay and all that that stuff going on. They should have a way far better offense overall than what the Rams had. If his arthritis has had a chance to heal up, especially with the COVID happening and him not you know, being forced to practice essentially, right. He's been able to rest. We're at least going to see a, you know, first what eight games or so out of them that are going to be extremely, extremely productive. And when you sit there and you look at the start of the year, he has the Seahawks who Obviously, you don't have Javion Clowney, which was a big piece of their run defense, at least as of right now. They could be a lot weaker. You have the Dallas Cowboys, who I don't even know what they did on their defensive side. I mean, I thought it was crazy to let go of Amari Cooper. Thought it was absolutely crazy. I mean, I'm sorry, it was crazy to resign Amari Cooper and let go of Byron Jones and uh, uh, Quinn. And then we have the Bears defense, who were 20th last year up, up against the run. We have the Vikings, the Packers, the Lions. I mean, dude, I'm reaching like a round early for girly. I uh, didn't mean to do that, but yeah, I'll take it. I'm reaching around early for girly. I really am. Um, like I said, improved offense line more rest. There's, there's no way I'm not. I definitely want to take a shot on them, at least in the early rounds, you know, at least get me through this first, I guess, you know, the first round of how this whole thing works. And then, yeah, eventually I'll worry about replacing them later because running backs could hurt.
1: Yeah, and, and I just want to say on the girly thing, it's a one year deal, right? So what what does Atlanta have to lose? Dude, they're um, gonna run the shit out of him. Matt Ryan's not getting any younger <laughs> uh, is now. They are going to run him into the ground. And like you yeah. said, when or if he gets hurt, you know, we'll see the Brian Hills and the, you know, the guys that yeah. that come in traditionally after that. So I'll uh, worry
0: about uh, it later. I'll worry about it later.
1: Yeah, exactly. Get get those early weeks in. Because you yep. might be eliminated by the time, you know, that happens. You know, you got to stay in it. <laughs> exactly.
0: I mean, when we look at tight ends, right? When tight ends get hurt, typically that, that guy, that tight end that backs him up, doesn't always produce. It's actually pretty much impossible to, to see production out of the backup tight ends because some of these tight ends are just so physically gifted and, and superior above other tight ends. When we look at the running back position, it's a very, very simple position overall. And although we might not see consistency, From that backup running back, we should at least see some productive games because, honestly, running backs are just a product of their environment. It's not so much about the town. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Christian McCaffrey isn't special. I'm not saying that Saquon Barkley isn't special. I'm just saying that, you know, there's a lot more, I guess, a production that can come from a backup running back than almost any other position on the
1: field. Let's go around the chat here. We'll start with Kevin. Austin Eckler or Todd Gurley in SFBX scoring?
0: Oh, that's tough. That's a good question.
1: Um, I I probably, I think you're going to get, I think you're going to get Gurley later. Um, And in my opinion, maybe, maybe you could use something, you know, the area that Eckler is going, I'm probably not taking him. So I guess Gurley would end up on more of my teams. I think Eckler scores more points (laughs) in the format though. Steve, what are you going to do?
2: With those two guys, I would I would probably pass on Eckler and, and hope to get Gurley at a later value is probably where I would go with that as well. And at where I'm picking at the one at the you know one twelve and the two one, I don't think I'm going to get either one of those guys.
1: And how about yourself, Chase? Who are you going to go? Exactly
0: with? what I'm thinking. Uh, I would pass on Eckler. I just don't see him getting the workload, and I still feel like Joshua Kelly is going to get those goal line carries, going to get the first down carries. Eckler still produced at a very high end level last year when it came to the SF, uh, SFBX scoring-wise, but at this point, when it comes to values, I'm leaning girly.
1: All right. Well, I am uh, still going to take Justin Jackson late in all my drafts. Oh God, you're not one of those guys. Well, he's late. It's a 22 <laughs> round 22 round draft, my friend. But listen, we're <laughs> there, Chase, I- I'm happy you came on. I'm happy you did your thing. You're you're at least at 400 dollars right now. The last that I saw, I'll you, take it. You'll be at 500 very soon. Um, we sat back and let you speak because I wanted people to see what you do. I think you impressed a lot of people in this chat. And I think you got a bright future. Uh, in fantasy football, somebody should uh, scoop this guy up before somebody else gets to him. So just a uh, shout out to everybody. What it is that you do and uh, where they can find you. So I do everything. I do whatever you want me to do. That's right. <laughs> What's up? <I'm> no. <laughs> dancer, dancer.
0: Oh, man. What's up? No, I'm just kidding. All right. So. I'm on uh, Twitter at FF underscore intervention. I'll post a link in the YouTube comments for my link tree to get all the other sources, new podcasts, GFS shows, pretty much cover whatever work about 60, 70 hours a week, just pumping out content. Love doing it. It's not even work for me. It's so much fun. Uh, If you guys also want to join the group uh, fantasy football discussion, it's amazing. You guys go check that out on Facebook. If you're a Facebooker like myself, or I guess like I used to be, because I guess I'm going with Twitter now. I mean, I just paid Twitter $400 essentially. Well, (laughs) no, but uh, (laughs) I'm excited to be a part of this and and I couldn't have done it without you, man. I really appreciate all your help. It's it's been a wild ride for me just starting this thing out and and I'm excited to take it to the next level.
1: Keep grinding, man. I'm happy to see where you're going. And uh, I'm always here if you have any questions. I'm old and falling out of the game. So any advice I could give you to keep you in it? I'm here. Anytime, man.
0: Hey, one more thing. I'm also writing for Dynasty Happy Hour, so check them out as well.
1: But the one thing I do apologize for is introducing you to Tyler. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, Yeah, well,
0: it's been an adventure. I mean, I I just didn't realize how dumb I was until I met the editor. That's all.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. The end is better than us all the time. All right, pal, listen, go get some sleep. We'll talk to you soon. I'm going to be up for a
0: while, baby. I'm sticking with you guys. Let's all go. All right.
1: Awesome. Love you. Man. All,
0: right. <laughs> all right. Good luck, man. Thanks, Chase. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. I will be putting out another episode. We will be covering, what was it, the AFC West, I believe, up next. Either way, guys, again, if you guys want to follow us on any other platforms, I will provide the link tree. In my comments or in the description of the episode, so you guys can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all that other good stuff. And just to give you guys a heads up, we did hit, I now have, what, 360 followers on Twitter, so go join that group. Go join our circle, guys, and thank you all for listening once again. Thank you for letting me intervene with your fantasy football life. Hey,
1: hey my mom's dope, my niggas is dope, the switch up is dope, the pick up is dope, they are feeling away, the they know I'm the go.
0: That's how you bang a podcast.